Every week, we bring you perspectives, business advice, and more from the leading executives, entrepreneurs, and investors who are building, diversifying, and leading the way in the country's fastest-growing metro markets. Real leaders, real insights, right now. I'm joined today by Paul Schwartz, the CEO of USA Architects, Planners, and Interior Designers. Paul, thank you for being with me today. It's my pleasure. Thank you. USA Architects didn't come up with a name for the firm simply out of a sense of patriotism, but also for the initials of you and your partner. How did you two begin the firm? And how did it lead you to your current focus on building communities, schools, cultural and civic centers, and other similar projects? Thanks, Abby. Um, you're right. It's the classic sort of st- as a start to an architectural practice. Arnie and I met in another architectural firm. Uh, Typically, what we call moonlighting is working after hours on our own things. And both of us sort of were doing that separately. Then we decided to do it together. And once that happened, the firm took off because we ended up getting a developer client. We had been working primarily in Hoboken, Jersey City, which are right across the river from New York City. A lot was going on. And once we got this new developer client, it was kind of history from there. We started our our little practice um, and it really took off. the Arnie's background really came in from more of the private side. So he was used to doing the developer type work that we just got. But I was more on the public uh, marketplace. So I was doing design schools, college universities, and other buildings that were more for the public. Uh, and the two of those sort of merged together as the firm began to grow. Um, so that was, um, you know, so we've really expanded. One of the things that, you know, we've done, our practice has been always been very nimble. We've been involved with multifaceted uh, market segments. Uh, it's allowed us to sort of ride the the recessions of the, the, the economy over the last three and a half decades. So it's, it's worked out really well for us. But the thing is, is the two of those, the public and the private side, now has come into a, a, a place where we're designing meaningful, meaningful builds, uh, businesses, or, or buildings, excuse me. So I'll give you an example. Um, right currently, we've been involved with the design of a really cool site in Burlington, New Jersey. It's a, mm-hmm. a 90 acre brownfield site. And we are currently planning the design of um, basically taking this old brownfield site and saving some of the existing historic buildings and integrating some new buildings. So it's going to be uh, live. It's going to be residential. It's going to be retail. It's going to be um, a a place to play. But more importantly, we've got some work environments, research and development, and medical office space. And what's even cooler is that we've got this community college, um, a college that I've worked with in the past. So you now have got really, truly a living working, play, uh, uh, learning environment, all within one kind of cool urban community. So to me, that's really exciting. It sort of integrates both the public and the private and makes it very special. So I'm really excited about that. Absolutely. USA Architects' goal is to create living, breathing buildings, places that inspire people and organizations to be their best. How has that definition of an inspiring space changed over the past two years? And what have been some creative ways you've matched that evolving definition in your projects? It's a, a really interesting question. It really started at home with regard to the office. I had made a decision prior to uh, COVID 
to actually create more of an open environment for our corporate headquarters in Somerville. And we had we already had that going on in Philadelphia. The Philly office was very open. The, collaborate was, the collaboration was amazing. So I wanted to sort of enhance that in our corporate office. Made the investment, did it. Next thing you know, COVID comes, right? And, you know, there was studies from Harvard and other places that was the open environment, the right place for during COVID. And um, essentially, in the end, it, we're now back. And to me, this is a team sport. Architecture is a team sport. It's more about people together, working together. And so that sort of creative thinking about, and even though it was sort of maybe questioned during COVID, it still remains a very viable option and something I'm glad to see people back working together. And... Um, where the, the COVID has become a real challenge. Like, for instance, we're working on an assisted living facility in New Jersey, right. where obviously they have been devastated through COVID. So we needed to look at a whole new, brand new design uh, methodology to say, how do we, are we able to separate yet also integrate? So that has been a really kind of cool challenge to a point where we are designing of, you know, the, the big thing was allowing a family to come into a, into a nursing home or an assisted living and was, there was a lot of infection, right? So what we ended up doing was finding a way to allow family to come in, or if not, there was a way that they could separate it by screening them, you know, and allowing them to sort of see them and hear them, but not necessarily meet with right there in person. So that to me was really kind of a cool uh, thing. Um, and one a way that we, as architects, we solve problems, and that was a problem. The um, the other thing too is that um, I about four or five years ago I hired a, a sustainability director, Marlene Baruso, and the wellness and the health part of all our buildings is really really important. Um, and and the sort of the results have come true to us because during we had designed a three hundred million dollar facility in. Camden, New Jersey, brand new office tower, 20 stories, really kind of an interesting place. And we kind of uh, we encouraged them to go to, uh, to get LEED certification and even beyond with wellness. She's, she's also uh, certified as a, as a wellness person. Right. And in the end, we, we, you know, better mechanical systems, outdoor spaces, uh, uh, fitness place uh, spaces designed within the building. And ultimately, in the end, Right during COVID, our client called us and said, thank you so much for pushing this. This building works. We have, I mean, we don't have to really do much at all to really get involved with like modifications because of COVID. So to me, that was really um, uh, really an important, you know, moment where we, it, what we, what we actually went out to do actually happened. So to me, that's really kind of cool. The pandemic has accelerated an already fast transforming economy with new technologies and resources becoming available daily. In what ways is USA Architects innovating and improving with regards to collaboration with clients to meet increasing expectations and standards for space? That's an interesting question, Abby. The, the interesting thing is uh, I'm a designer at heart. You know, I don't do much design anymore because I'm, the, I'm running a, the, the, the practice, mm -hmm. but the old school was was what we would do, you know, pencil sketches or you know ink sketches along with, um, you know, with with doing drawings on with pencil drawings on on vellum. Today the world has changed with regard to uh, modeling, you know, building modeling on a computer. And in fact, I just had one of my staff members uh, the other day talk to me about, um, you know, she showed me she was making these changes right on the fly as we we're talking on a call like this. And it was like, 
really cool that Cedar to work at this, where in the past I have to draw it and I have to erase it, you know, and then and then start over. So it was really kind of cool to see that. Um, we um it did COVID didn't make us really look hard at technology, right? So we so we needed to make a major investment in technology so that every person in our office had a laptop. So they were able to work remotely as well as from the office. Again, I'm encouraging people to come back because I do think collaboration is really important, but they have that choice and they continue to the to this day to have that choice. So the the idea with us exploring more computer technology, virtual reality, as I'm sure you know about, all the things that allow our clients to see what they're actually getting. Uh, one, one quick anecdotal story is I remember when I we would draw it when in the old old days, we couldn't draw every aspect, right? Just it was impossible for us to do that. Mm-hmm. So there are quite often in the past, just you know, where a client might say, you know what, I wasn't expecting that. Well, now there are no excuses because the technology, the computers are building these buildings literally virtually. And so we can we can actually see that. So um that's really kind of a cool thing. So yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been talking a lot about creativity because that is the theme for uh, this season of Invest Insights. So I want to round out our discussion by asking you, what role does creativity play in remaining competitive in today's landscape? I think it's more than ever. There's a real major need for being creative. There's for a couple of reasons. One of them, as you've heard from all the reports, everything's up price-wise, right? Construction industry is like driving some of the major material unavailability and I'm seeing the prices of, of um, buildings go are growing by 30 percent we talk about 7.6 percent escalation we're looking at some places as 30 percent in our industry availability so you have to try to do with do more with less and really make sure that our clients understand that and making some choices as to do we really need that can it become like a space that can be shared by many? Or does it need to go back and be more of the traditional design? We've got to offer those questions to our clients to make sure that they can understand what, what, it, what it means. Um, the other thing too, buildings get to be smaller in size possibly and that the carbon footprint is affected by it, right? So we don't, not, it's more cost effective. Um, we begin to explore options. Uh, we, we're doing a bunch of buildings with solar. Um, and we continue to do that. And we're looking for ways to reduce operating costs for our clients. So that's that's really important. Um, we, I think one of the things we do more today than ever is that we look at finding ways to pay back our clients so that if they make an investment in some technology or whatever, that they recognize that they can pay it back. Uh, on a, uh, in a few years. And if they could, so, then we would then uh, include that. So I think we're really beginning to make sure that what we're designing isn't careless or frivolous. It's really intended to be to work to the best advantage. So um, I, again, I think it's very important to stay thoughtful, to stay, to be, again, to engage our clients in, a, in an intellectual perspective, to get them to understand what they're buying, what they're getting. And then, um, you know, ultimately it's their building. So we're willing to, you know, do what's necessary to design to what they're looking for. So I think that's more relevant today than ever. You've been listening to Invest Insights. Be sure to follow, rate, and review this podcast to hear more. I'm Abby Maloney. Thank you for tuning in.